Hello, this is Chris, and I'm representing the great state of Tennessee, and I never listen to I Dial a Dollar more. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. everybody, episode 404 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dollamore, and seated right next to me, within arm's reach, the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, my beautiful co-host for over 400 episodes, Brittany Page. Yeah, I also want to say that I'm still a little sick. It's still not 100%. Like, I'm catching myself (laughs) with my mouth wide open breathing because... (laughs) I can't breathe through my nose completely yet. Are you telling us that you're a Trump voter? Is that what's happening? That's not what's happening. <laughs> I'm complaining and being whiny about my illness <sighs> that is persisting. Hey, Ma. <laughs> you got any of them chicken tenders? <laughs> what is happening right now? I don't know. <laughs> it's a callback. You know what didn't help my illness, though? What? Or you know what I thought might help it by clearing out my sinuses? Uh, the hot sauce that you made. Oh yeah, holy shit! The hob- homemade habanero sriracha, I think, is what you is it's, that what you called it? Yeah, it's it's been a project, a weeks long project because I you have to ferment it for a week. Yeah. So it, I created it's it was a pound and a half of habaneros. All. Yeah, I don't. I just ripped off the green top and then the stem and then tossed it into a blend and uh, into a food processor. Yeah. So it's not. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like I'm gonna deseed these. Like every time you see a cooking show, they're like, "Ah, we're gonna make some salsa with these habaneros," but I'm gonna deseed these because they're really spicy. I'm just get the fuck out! What are you doing? That's not. What are you, come on. Well, also, that's not gonna help. <laughs> <laughs> not with a habanero. They're spicy anyway. Yeah. So. So uh, I made. So you, you you make. I'm not gonna go through the whole recipe, but it has to ferment for over. Take us through the process. For, anyway, <laughs> for about a week, it has to ferment. Yeah. So one, the house was smelling a little a little funky. Well, I mean, it was actually it, it smelled good because there's a lot of garlic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the yeah. habanero a hell whole mixture. Bulb. Yeah. Like the size of my fist. Mm-hmm. But then came the actually putting it in the pan and. Um, you know what it reminded what me What were of? you doing? Boiling it? What, what did you do? Yeah, yeah. I had to reduce it to make it the thickness I wanted. Anyway. Uh, that what, ruined yeah, everyone's it, life. You know, it reminded me of, uh, and here, for Wayne in the UK, here's a me dropping that I was in the Marine Corps. Mm. Uh, it Jesse reminds was a Marine, me, everybody. It reminds me of doing um, the gas chamber, doing the gas mask test. You have to do it like once or twice a year where you test your proficiency with using the gas mask. And they put you in this room that's just filled with cs gas and part of it is taking your gas mask off yeah and then you know futzing with it and then being able to breathe realizing oh shit i'm gonna die and then without panicking without spazzing out Uh putting it back on donning and clearing your gas mask and being good yeah the kitchen was a lot like that Mm -hmm. coffee eh, eh, and then trying to rinse the dishes with hot water yeah and then the habanero fumes Mm -hmm. in the steam right just 
bomber. Yeah, I I think the neighbors were probably like having a debate on whether they should call nine one one because of all of the coughing and yeah. the gagging and it, it was, was it was a bad situation. Yeah. So I thought that that would have cleared me out and that I would be a hundred percent by now, but it did not. So maybe we need to go through this process again and make more. Yeah. Try to try it again. <laughs> get another couple pounds yeah, of habaneros. Yeah. See if we can fully get it cleaned out. For those of you who might be interested. For the for the two of you who might be interested, the, the sauce I, turned out pretty goddamn good. Yeah, it's really good. It's pretty spicy. Very spicy. Uh-huh. But uh, there's a complex, if you're into spicy food, uh, there is a complexity to to it that it's not just heat. Yeah. There's that funkiness from the fermentation. Um, habaneros are, why are you looking at me like I'm a nerd? I'm not looking at you like you're a nerd. I'm trying to decide whether I want to talk about something that I just thought of. Oh, so I was I, making a face. And, and, and <laughs> habaneros are very fruity. They have a, yeah. a, a fruity, anyway. No, I think that this... Oh, they're very fruit. No, no. they're very fruit forward. I, oh, I just love them. They finish so tart. I, Ugh. I think, douche. no, I think that, <laughs> I think that's a good thing, what you're doing, because some people think that people eat spicy food just to... Um, be a tough guy or yeah, something? Yeah, like try to yeah. be a tough guy or try to punish themselves to prove something. And I, I think that's not the case for you. You know who that is the case for? <laughs> who? Alton Brown. Oh, yeah. And he was on that Hot Wing show. The Hot Ones uh, by, on, by First We Feast on YouTube. Yeah, and I was really bothered by it because he was kind of doing that where he got to the very end and it was the spiciest sauce. And you could tell that it messed him up, that he was not okay. He was yeah, like yeah, snorting yeah. the snot back in his face, trying to keep it together. He was doing this. It's not going to be great for the for the audio, but he's just going... <sighs> Like trying to breathe in air to cool off his mouth while yeah. acting like this isn't hot. I I can handle it. It's no big deal. Yeah, it's, come on, dude. Just say it's hot, bro. You <laughs> At know? one point, he grabbed one of the bottles and like took a swig out of the bottle. It's like caught the first of all. I used to like Alton Brown, n- not after watching that episode. Okay, well, I want to talk about the. All right. I want to talk about the hot sauce because what I'm saying you think we'll is lose listeners for shitting on Alton Brown. You never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> um, you're you're more about. Oh, I'm gonna go in on these people, and I'm like, let's relax. Alton Brown's probably a fan of the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but but what you're saying is there's like complex flavors, and I yeah. think people don't get that because you kind of have to build up a tolerance to spice, and it's kind of like drinking. You know, um, where people don't like alcohol in the beginning and then you kind of get into the tasting elements and you can start to learn the complexity of flavors and things like that. So for sure, like 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 for instance, and we can get stop rambling about this, but (laughs) I uh, I'm a whiskey drinker, like a bourbon drinker. Uh And uh, love all the different kinds of bourbon. I you know can kind of pick out the the flavor and profile the notes and stuff. Yeah, but like me and water. It's only yeah, that's right. You and bottled water. Uh, but only recently, like the last seven years, six years, have I been able to even touch scotch. Because huh. it was it's so like, it, it, it's it's just a whole different level. Yeah. And people's palates mature and develop at a different rate. Yeah. And uh, I used to think people who drank scotch were like, there's no way you like that. You're just being an asshole because you want to be pretentious. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm, you know... I still only drink bourbon when I I don't buy scotch, but it's a lot of information nobody cares about. All right. Good. But hey, if you want to send us scotch, we will accept it and we'll make our palates adjust. No, I I will drink it. Yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, let's get into this episode. We love you guys. We we did our bonus. Now, was, I guess it wasn't a bonus. Yeah, it wasn't episode, a bonus. The last episode, 403. Our contest winners. Was the bonus. Goddamn, what's wrong with me? Was the episode with the contest winners. Yeah. From the Patreon contest we did where we co-hosted with a listener. Yeah. And it ended up being a, kind of a, uh, an interesting, quaint, heartwarming story. Yeah. That Catherine uh-huh. had bought, started supporting the show as a birthday gift. For Chris. And surprised him. Anyway, yeah. we were that was great to hear. Yeah, and so we read her name one day to announce the new Patreon supporter. And he heard her name and texted her and said, hey, did you start giving? And she was like, surprise. Yeah, yeah. And what a cool thing. I had never, we've never heard a story like that before. So that was awesome. So they they co-hosted with us and we we had a whole bunch more to talk about. But as what, what, kind of what happens when you have multiple people hosting on a show, you go longer because more people have opinions to talk about. So we ended up cutting it short. Topic wise, not time wise, we would encourage you to listen to that episode. It was a, it was a good time. We we appreciate them taking the time out of their day to join us and co-host an episode of the show. Yeah, so I think we're gonna move into a voicemail, but before mm-hmm. we do that, it's gonna be from Yuri and in South Korea. Yeah, I want to read part of the email that she sent with this voice memo because. I loved it. So, yeah. Okay. Um, She wrote, sometimes I get this weird feeling, you know, I've never met you in person, but I feel like I know you two pretty well. Please consider that my support for the show is a small gift for good friends. Have a good weekend. Love and peace. And when I read this, I got teary the Mm -hmm. first time because um, we've heard from Yuri a couple of times. She lives in South Korea and I just thought it was so cool. She became a Patreon supporter and this it, week, yesterday she did. So yeah. we'll, we'll get to that on the mid roll. Yeah. But just the fact that we started this show and for the longest time, it was just people that we like personally knew yeah. that, that cared about it. And now we're in this position where we hear from people all over the world um, about what they feel about current events and political issues and just the most important things that we deal with in life. Um, It's just amazing. And I'm so like thankful. And I I don't know. It's it's crazy to me. It can be. I don't want to oversell it, but if there's a word that's slightly less gravity inducing than overwhelming, yeah, I, I would choose it. It's not overwhelming, but it's certainly um, imbu- it, it's imbued with a certain level of responsibility. Yeah. Look, I, I'm a guy who does have a tendency to to get a little fiery, to say shit that uh, I'm most likely going to have to walk back. Sorry, Alton. I'm still <laughs> right. I'm still all right. Well, I'm an emotional guy and I, you know, it's I don't this is how I am in real life is a, a fiery get pissed off easy, um, you know, kind of a character. Okay. <laughs> well, what's the face? Um, I don't know. Huh. Get pissed off easy? No, not pissed off. You know what I mean. Like the state of our country and the politics and the, the, the irrational, unhinged bullshit that Donald Trump's pulling constantly. It is a source of angst for me. Yeah. And when there are bad actors, whether it be Rudy Giuliani or Pruitt or Zinke or 
uh, any of these other cabinet secretaries, Ben Carson, Betsy DeVos. It, I'm, you know, I'm prone to <laughs> getting a little fired up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I went off on a tangent there. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, um, so anyway, so all that to say that it is, it is um, a responsibility that I need to check myself a little bit more because it's not just our friends and family listening. Uh-huh. You know, we've, we've got people all over the world who are tuning in for, I'm sure, a little bit of entertainment to hear me be an asshole, but also information and analysis on the the important topics of our day. Right. Well, and that's what I think makes this so special and why I'm so thankful um, for people like Yuri and everyone else that calls in is we love hearing from you guys yeah. and hearing that um, diverse opinions about everything and having the conversation. And we feel like that is one of the most important parts of this show. So we are really happy about it. And now we have to give it up to our new senior correspondent. Hello, Brittany and Jesse. This is okay. Let me pause. I doubt it. We tell a more South Korea senior correspondent, Yuri Jung. <laughs> wow, that was long. Um, I'm calling in because I wanted to talk about the summit between Moon Jae-in, our president, and Kim Jong-un, the leader of North Korea, that took place in the last week. Um, it was such a historic. Moment, um, given the history of the Korean Peninsula over the last seventy years, um, a lot of people, including myself, got really, really emotional uh, watching two men holding hands, crossing the border, and talking to each other. You know, uh, they even released a joint statement um, promising to end the Korean War within this year trying to bring the permanent peace to the Korean Peninsula and completely getting rid of the North Korea's nuclear weapon. I mean, if you think about what was going on at the end, at the end of last year, it's such a drastic change, yeah, but I have to say it's a um, pleasant surprise. So now the ball is Trump's court. Um, I never thought I would say this, but I'm sincerely rooting for Trump. I do hope he realizes how important this upcoming summit is and the future of the Korean Peninsula lies on his hands, his small hands. <laughs> um, I know um, a lot of experts are saying within there before uh, we cannot be too naive and we cannot trust Kim Jong-un's motive and so on. And I do agree with them to some degree. But um, that doesn't necessarily mean that each party shouldn't do their best. I know one summit cannot solve all the serious problem problems we are facing, but I mean, it can be a giant step forward. Um, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I do hope uh, both the U.S. and North Korea take this opportunity seriously and try to produce good results. So um, I wonder what you guys think about this upcoming summit at, and what your expectations are. Okay, so that's all. Uh, I love your show as as always, and keep up the good work. Bye. Thank you, yes. Yuri. We appreciate it very much. I think this is our third voicemail, mm -hmm. and 
every time. Well, one look, look. I'm no expert in in Korean politics at all. We would we would defer to our senior yeah, correspondents' sure. expertise. But that that I do know. There is a pretty substantial and active anti-American sentiment among young people in South Korea. Mm -hmm. And it's good to hear, and I don't know how old Yuri is, but it it is good to hear someone on the ground who is able to kind of look at this from a nuanced perspective. Mm -hmm. Because I'm I'm with her. Yeah. Look, Donald Trump is a worthless piece of shit. (laughs) <laughs> let's uh, let's not mince words about it. <laughs> but I think it's irrational to completely dismiss out of hand that he may have had something to do with this. Even if it's, oh shit, we have a madman in the Oval Office in the United States with the world's largest and most powerful arsenal of nuclear weapons. We better get our shit together because this dickhole might destroy us. Even if it's that, which, by the way, certainly takes any effort to give him the Nobel Peace Prize <laughs> off the table. Yeah. I'm not saying that. Uh-huh. But even, you know, what's the, you know, the dog sun shining on a dog's ass or a clock's wrong, we write twice a day. There's some folksy little saying that applies here. About sunshine on a dog's ass? Something. I don't know. <laughs> you have dogs' asses on the brain, Brittany. Yeah, well, even a even a broken <laughs> clock is right twice a day. Is that? What yeah. It- well, there's there's something else. Anyway, so so I would agree. I, I'm hesitant about the the outcome. What the outcome? Let's not say hesitant. Let's say uh, I have reserved optimism mm-hmm. about what the outcome might be here. Yeah. One because I don't fully. Uh, I'm not eager to trust the the earnestness with which Kim Jong Un is entering into these negotiations. We've been here before. Yeah, this thing has happened before. Maybe not the same pen strokes as far as uh, the meeting and crossing the DMZ and the you know the border. Right. All that action's a little bit new, but we've done we've been we've played we've heard this song before. Yeah, and I want to say I I I think it. It was emotional and surprising for a lot of people to yeah. see that footage. Um, for me, I felt like there was kind of an over-celebration of that moment, only because Kim Jong-un is a terrible person who starves his people yeah. and murders them um, willy-nilly in very violent ways on a whim when he feels like right. it. Um, so this is like a really bad guy and he can hold like the worst of the worst yeah he can hold the president of south korea's hand and uh you know pose for pictures smiling and all that but it doesn't change who he is and what he's done and so it does make sense to be um cautious and wonder about his motives and be a little suspicious of, of him and what he has planned um taking all that into account also remembering that donald trump called him honorable right in a tweet. Yes. Um, at the same God time, damn. there's, there's, we don't have a lot of options here, right? If, right. We, if we want to start de-escalating this situation. So it, you're kind of in a tough spot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dealing with someone like that. <laughs> so um, l- this whole episode is going to be a little goofy. We are going to do a Dollamocracy segment that's going to contain a bunch of Rudy Giuliani bullshit. 
but before we get there, this does deal with politics, but it deals with this this Billy Graham, uh, excuse me, Franklin Graham, who's the son of Billy Graham. Billy Graham just died. Famed American evangelist he used to tour the country, filling Yankee Stadium and and tent revivals in the early in the early forties and fifties, and um, counseled every president like since Eisenhower on. I mean, just the guy had an influence in American politics and American history like none other. Um, and you know, he wasn't quite as virulent as these this new crop of evangelical. Uh, evangelists. He was more of a, a metered normal guy. Yeah. He still had troubling beliefs about shit because one, it was 1950. Uh, but, and you know, anyway, what, let's not get, go there. Let's let, what, here, here's, what, he, <laughs> well, the, here's why, you know, we, the, the show can only be so long. And this is about his son who is virulently, virulently anti-Muslim, virulently anti-gay, uh, virulently pro-Trump, shockingly enough. And he's, been brought in to weigh in on this. What do you think about Donald Trump and his affairs? You're an evangelical leader in the United States. Don't you condemn this? Don't you think this is bad? And he's among the group of people who want to give Donald Trump a pass. Yeah. So I I want to play the clip first before I read um, his article, um, because in this clip, he's going to be asked about Stormy Daniels and his opinion, and then he's going to give his opinion mm-hmm. and compare it to Bill Clinton. And what he says about Bill Clinton is just mm, so good. Mm. And then we'll we'll read an article and I'm going to read most of it. So hang in there, guys. OK, here we go. Uh, I was challenged by a man by the name of Sam Moore uh, to write what I'd learned from my father right after my mother died. This was 12 years ago. And. I just kind of put it off. He asked me again, Franklin, you need to do this because you're the son and you've seen things that no one else has seen and just write down what you've learned from your father. Uh, President Trump at my father's funeral said, Franklin, when I was a boy, I went to hear your father. My father took me to hear your father at Yankee Stadium. And I thought to myself, wow, isn't that something? Who would have known that... uh, a little boy in that audience would one day be president. And my father, who wanted to play baseball, would be preaching and standing before tens of thousands proclaiming the truth of God's love. I I don't have concern uh, in the sense because these things happened many years ago. And uh, there's such bigger problems in front of us as a nation that we need to be dealing with Mm. than other things in his life a long time ago. I think some of these things, I mean, that's for him and his wife to deal with. Uh, I think when the country went after President Clinton, uh, the Republicans, that was a great mistake. That, that should never have happened. And I think the saying with Stormy Daniels and so forth is nobody's business. Oh. And we, we've got other business at hand that we need to deal with. You have to understand that he's also 71 years old. And I don't think he came to be president uh, by mistake or by happenstance. I think somehow it was God a mistake, put him in this position <laughs> because he's not a politician. He seemed to do everything wrong as a politician. He offended many people, did the wrong things. No, no. But somehow he became president. And I just have to think that God, in some reason, mm. put him there for, for a purpose. I don't know what that is. But we need to get behind him and support him. Uh, Jesus, uh, put out his hand and he said, Lord God, 
Father God, <laughs> we're going to ordain Donald Trump as president of the United States. But then everybody said, well, what about Bill Clinton, though? Weren't you opposed to Bill Clinton? This is the part we want to talk about. Uh, I think when the country went after President Clinton, uh, the Republicans, that was a great mistake. That, that should never have happened. And I think the same with Stormy Daniels and so oh. forth is nobody's business. It was a great mistake what happened. Nobody's business. Nobody's business. This the Republicans going after Clinton for his private thing was a mistake that was made. They shouldn't have done that. It was a private matter. Now, Franklin Graham's change of heart is pretty substantial and quite <laughs> interesting because August 27th, 1998, he wrote a column and we put it on the Facebook page. It is from Wall Street Journal, uh, again from 1998, and it's titled Clinton's Sins Aren't Private. Oh, oh that is so good. That is literally the title. That's the title of his op-ed for yeah. the, Washington, or the, the Wall Street Journal. That he wrote. He wrote this. He didn't sign on. He wrote these words. Right. The same man who just said it was a mistake that the Republicans made to go after Clinton. It was a mistake to go after Bill Clinton, number one. Number two, Donald Trump's private life is private. It's private and it's between him and his wife. Right. That's it. Again, Clinton's sins aren't private. Okay, so I'm going to read some of this. Yes. And then you can go ahead and like jump in on occasion because there is some like Bible talk here and mm. we all know how you like to get into that. I love that. Okay, the topic, this is Franklin Graham speaking, the topic of private versus public behavior has emerged as perhaps the central moral issue raised by Bill Clinton's quote unquote improper relationship with Monica Lewinsky. Much of America seems to have succumbed to the notion that what a person does in private has little bit bearing on his public actions or job performance, even if he is president of the United States. Last week, Mr. Clinton told 70 million Americans that his adulterous actions with Miss Lewinsky were a private matter between me, the two people I love most, my wife and our daughter, and our God. But the God of the Bible says that what one does in private does matter. Mr. Clinton's months-long extramarital sexual behavior in the Oval Office now concerns him and the rest of the world, not just his immediate family. If he will lie to or mislead his wife and daughter, those with whom he is most intimate, what will prevent him from doing the same to the American public? Are you hearing this? Yeah. He, he, if you want to read this, go to the Facebook page. And here's what I would encourage everybody to do. In fact, here's what we're going to do. I just, we're going to do this. No. We're going to rewrite, not going to rewrite this, but we're going to do a word search and everywhere that says uh, Bill Clinton, we're going to replace it with Donald Trump. <laughs> and then why would it, why would it be any different at all? Yeah. Okay. Well, he goes on, on here. Private conduct does have public consequences. You're goddamn right it does, some of Reverend. Some of Mr. Clinton's defenders present King David of the Bible, one of history's greatest leaders, as an example as they call on us to forgive and forget the, the president's moral failings. Since God pardoned David's adulterous actions, the reasoning goes we should similarly forgive Mr. Clinton. But forgiveness is not the end of David's story. What? Huge consequences follow immediately the prophet nathan confronted david with the news that while his life would be spared the life of his child would be extinguished after just seven days on earth wow that's harsh bro it is harsh i have mints in my mouth yeah i see that i see that 
Um, I don't want to read the whole thing, so I'm going to skip down here. And he just he goes on to talk about how forgiveness is not without consequences. That Bill Clinton needed to receive consequences yes. in order to receive forgiveness. But what is Franklin Graham saying now? Oh, he's he's 71, and I know what did that have God to do with anything? Placed him there. It's miraculous that Donald Trump is there because God intervened somehow. Apparently there was fraud in the election. There was voter fraud because God overrode Yeah, is what he's saying. Right. Well, <laughs> what's interesting about this is it's obviously motivated, this change of heart that he yeah. has, that he believes it's wrong that they went after Bill Clinton, including himself. I guess he's saying it's wrong that he went after Bill Clinton. Yeah. Um, but it's only wrong because he wants to stand up here and tell people that they can't go after Donald Trump for this. Let's say this, though. I'm waiting for his response because this particular article was made public, widely public again, uh-huh. after that that sound you just heard right. after the audio package from the AP or PBS that you just heard. Right. So I'm going to wonder what kind of thing he's going to concoct. And here's what I suspect. I suspect it'll be because Bill Clinton acted like an asshole and a predator in the Oval Office. That's going to be the difference. The and by the way, it doesn't fucking matter. No, because predatory he's... behavior is predatory behavior, whether or not it happens in his office or somewhere else. Yeah, but he's also not making that distinction in this article. I know. So he can try to make it now, yeah, but right. he's trying to say that no, I'm even... just predicting what his his assholery will Well, and will I'm giving reveal. a preemptive strike on that defense, okay? <laughs> I like this with yeah. the hand. Ah! Um, I, I want to read this part, too, because this is good. So he continues, Mr. Clinton's sin can be forgiven, but he must start by admitting to it and refraining from legalistic doublespeak. According to the scripture, the president did not have a quote-unquote inappropriate relationship with Monica Lewinsky. He committed adultery. He didn't quote-unquote mislead his wife and us. He lied. Acknowledgement must be coupled with genuine remorse, a repentant spirit that says, I'm sorry, I was wrong, I won't do it again, I ask for your forgiveness, would go a long way toward personal and national healing. Yes, and what have I been saying, I've been screaming about this since these affairs really took took fire here in America, that these evangelicals are giving him a pass saying, well, the God forgives. God's all about forgiveness. That's what it's about. Christians aren't perfect. They're just forgiven. Forgiveness comes only after asking for forgiveness. Repenting for your sins. That is where when it comes. If you never admit your sin, if you never show contrition and ask for forgiveness, admitting one to another your sins, mm-hmm then you don't get forgiveness because you didn't ask for it. It's freely given. You just have to ask. And Donald Trump, by any metric. Hasn't he bragged about never Yes. apologizing? Oh, I don't look at things that way. I just try to move on. Yeah, well, you know what? The Christian God theologically doesn't operate that the way, guy. Yeah. Apparently, he, the Christian God doesn't mind putting you in office. Right. Well, what's alarming is Ugh. this is not just Franklin Graham. That's acting this way. This is anyone yes. who's watching the um, Christian Broadcasting Network. Jim Jeffress. Yeah, any of those people. I mean, th- this is what they're being told. Yeah. And there's there's a different standard. And they said this about Clinton. And now they're trying to act like they didn't say this about Clinton. And there's 
there's no there's no difference here. Yeah. I mean, bad behavior is bad behavior, right? That's what Franklin Graham is saying. Yeah. He, he references his dad in the beginning, even saying that Billy Graham didn't have a separate um, public persona from his his private life, that they were the same, that he didn't have to worry about this because he led a moral life in both spheres. Yeah. So we don't have that with Donald Trump yeah. and we don't need to pretend that we do. <laughs> they need to pretend. Yeah, we don't. Mm hmm. We'd love to know what you think about this, helping us move the conversation forward. We love the audience interaction. You can leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail at 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We would love to hear from you. Taking care of biz. First, I want to say that the show isn't over. We're doing this early. Yes. <laughs> For those of you that are like, what the hell? Well, We're only we, 30 minutes We in. also have an asshole of today. Yeah. And I, we want to separate the two. Well, for sure. I don't want this this beautiful taking care of biz segment to be sullied by, spoiler alert, DJ Khaled. Yeah. So. I don't know why I cupped the microphone like I'm telling it's a, a secret. secret. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Austin P. Ryan. Austin. President. P. Ryan. Pe President Austin. Yes. Oh, that's and, right. Yeah, President he's, Austin. He's a four-year-old, and um, Aaron sent this to us. Aaron so, in um, Kansas. Aaron that, in Kansas. Okay, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Aaron sent this to us. Thank you, Aaron. Um, and I watched this, and I was sobbing. And I, I walked in the room and you were like cleaning up from crime. Like, what? what's going on? Yeah. I just watched a video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this child, he, he's four years old and he is just a beautiful human being. He's faster than a speeding stroller, more adorable than a wet kitten and able to get a stranger's attention with a single courtesy. Excuse this is America's latest superhero. Don't forget to show love. And the only superhero <laughs> with the power to feed the homeless. Now, why do you do that? You know what, Mr. C? It's just the right thing to do. Is it? Yes. You want honey? <laughs> By day, Austin P. Ryan is a mild-mannered four-year-old from Birmingham, Alabama. But about once a week, he turns into this alter ego. Would you like a sandwich? A superhero set on feeding as many homeless people as possible. Thank you. What's your superhero name? President Austin. Uh-huh. President Austin. President Austin. President Austin. That's his idea of what the president is supposed to do. <laughs> I was like, buddy, you have no idea. <laughs> but hey, I'm going along with it. TJ says this all began when they were watching a TV show about pandas. It showed a mama panda abandoning a baby. TJ told his son the cub was now homeless. He says, what's homeless? I said, well, it's when you don't have a home and sometimes you don't have mom or dad around. I can tell what the follow-up question is going to be. Yeah, are people homeless? When I was a four-year-old, I didn't care about helping people. I did. I see. <laughs> Once Austin learned some people are homeless and some are even hungry, he launched this caped crusade told his mom and dad that he wanted all his allowance and money they would spend on toys you go. to go toward chicken sandwiches instead. Oh, thank you, baby. You're welcome. Don't forget to show up. After he gives out each sandwich, yes. he gives each person that same bit of advice. Don't forget to show love. Don't forget to show love, he tells them. And most do. 
immediately. Well, thank you. It warms my heart to see him. It'll warm anyone's heart. Yeah, he really did, man. Raymont Boss says this kid gives him hope. That's, that's, that's where it starts. Don't forget to show love. Everyone who meets Austin leaves with hope. Which is why, with any luck, someday President Austin won't be a superhero anymore. Being the homeless is the highlight of my life. He'll just be a president. All right, come on, Austin. Steve Hartman, on the road, in Birmingham, Alabama. That clip is filled with so many nuggets of yeah. just how special that child is. Don't um, forget to show love. I love that so much. Drop for the end of the show yeah, as a good reminder. For sure. Especially after we talk about DJ Khaled. Um, it's a and, reminder for everybody. Yeah. Um, Me, chief among them. Yes. And I love when the dad was saying, when I was four, I didn't care about helping anybody. He's in the backseat. He's like, well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he, he just has such a good heart and, um, watching how it, it gives him genuine joy to give to others is just being the homeless is the highlight of my life. I mean, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. It's just so beautiful. So we love Austin P. Ryan, um, president, president Austin, and we look forward to when he does run because, it's it's good that he thinks this is what the president does, that the president should be helping people, should be compassionate, should be out there on the street. Look, he ain't wrong. Yes. The president should be helping people. Yes. Not building a goddamn wall. No. And dividing uh, America. Yes. On racial grounds and otherwise. Right. Economic grounds. Right. I mean, look, it. Another thing in the Bible that it says, Brittany Page, oh. is they get on my soapbox. Take us to church. Is that out of the mouth of babes shall come wisdom. Mm. How, how much, how, uh, that's super wise and awesome. Yeah. You know, sometimes you can just boil a message down to its sim- simplistic and its purity. And there's, th- there doesn't need to be nuance to that argument. Don't yeah. forget to show, lo- I'm getting emotional. It's good. Yeah. I yeah. just want to hug him. Yeah, He's for so sure. so sweet. Really, really good. We need more Austins. Yeah, for sure. We definitely need more Austins. For sure. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. Yuri. Yuri. Yep. In South Korea. Our first South Korea um, Patreon supporter. Yes. That's amazing. We are thrilled and, uh, and touched again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, we it's not like she's more special than anybody else, but there it is special to us when international listeners... Uh, feel moved enough to to support what we're doing here, helping us move the conversation forward, and um, feel a connection. Yeah, I don't know if it's just because of the distance that I feel like it. it it's harder to make that connection, but look, I look forward to seeing uh, Yuri on the on the hangout calls at the end of the month. Yeah. that we do. Yeah, for Patreon supporters for sure. Well, I think it's also just interesting to talk about the different places that um, the Patreon supporters are in just to see how far reaching the show yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's just always incredible. Well, it is It is something I talk about a lot, the democratization of information and entertainment. And 
look, we talk about this a lot, but we started this podcast four years ago with terrible, shitty little equipment and and <laughs> I, good didn't, times. I didn't know a goddamn thing about what I was doing. And we figured it out episode by episode. Yeah. To the point where now, you know, we're in a studio with the, the TV side going on and it's it's great. Yeah. And if, cool. if a dummy like me can do this. Well, we wouldn't be here without you guys. Yeah. It's just it. yeah, it's, that's, it's awesome. It's yeah. Yeah. Well, we need to say that more. I think. I, I, well, I think we convey that. Okay. I don't think we think we're some no, I know, mystical, but, crazy talented. No, I know. But I want people to understand that we seriously wouldn't be able to do this without their support and their help. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. We love you guys, both the YouTube audience that we're streaming to right now, and also the you know the the, the our loyal, faithful, twice a week episode listening audience on iTunes and Google Play Music and everywhere else. So, yeah. listen, if if you want to support the show and Patreon's not your thing, there's a cryptocurrency option now. Just go to dollamore.com on the left hand side of the page. It says support the show. Just below that, it says support the show with crypto or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's all kinds of ways. If you shop on Amazon, go to dollamore.com slash Amazon. That'll redirect you. You can buy whatever you're going to buy. You're not going to spend any more money and we get a little commission kind of a thing off of it. It's a good deal. Help support the show. and we, we appreciate all, all of that. We love you guys so much. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So Rudy Giuliani flew off the goddamn rails this last week. For about two weeks, he's been on the the Trump legal team, replacing either John Dowd or uh, Ty Cobb. Who can even keep up anymore? Junior or whatever. Honestly. Yeah, right? Who knows? Anyway, he, he he started doing some interviews, especially in the wake of this Stormy Daniels payment thing with Michael Cohen and the raids of Michael Cohen and all of this. And uh, listen, I don't know where to begin. Donald Trump makes so many claims that can't be substantiated. Yeah. Chief among them probably is I put the best people around me. Mm-hmm. Because... the. He doesn't. He he picks the very worst people that he can. Right. And it really, it tells you that his his picker is off. There's something wrong in his brain that he has vowed to pick the best people. And the worst people, by his metric, are the best people. Michael, all of these people who have been indicted and pled guilty and throw him under the bus while thinking they're doing a great service to his legal cause. It's bizarre. So... I don't know if I was going to say I disagree, but I don't really disagree with that. But I think that what happens is he's choosing people who praise him. And for whatever reason, like we're learning Paul Manafort was in a terrible financial situation. Yeah. And like grasping at straws and really needing help. And then he reached out to someone who put him in touch with Donald Trump. And then he probably knew that he just needed to praise him a lot in order to build that connection and get in a position of power with Donald Trump. Yeah. So a lot of these people, um, I think that they have... um, 
ulterior motives. Okay. Yeah. They they want to get into powerful positions for whatever reason. And they know he's so insecure that all they got to do is appeal to his ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that will get them where they need to go. As long as you compliment Donald Trump and you massage him and you give him some love and you pet him, you treat him like an animal is what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> like a little pet. He's give like their a little cheeseburger. pet. Throw in some junk food. Yeah. And <laughs> and he will appreciate you. Yeah. He will love you. He will reward you. He will say you're the greatest person you're the smartest person as long as you're saying that about him yeah the moment you don't feel that way about him i'm a counterpuncher i'm a counterpuncher yeah he turns on you <laughs> even if you're a good person yeah. even if you're a smart person yeah the whole thing is you have to feel good about him in order for him to feel good about you it's the strangest thing <laughs> yeah especially being listen if there's anything that's going to make you feel secure about who you are mm -hmm. it should be having the oval office be your office yeah. You would think, right? Nothing will ever be enough. Ugh, it's bizarre. It just won't. So Rudy Giuliani. He has the deep wounds. and They must be real deep. And I don't think the Oval Office can heal them. Yeah. I think it's something else. So Rudy Giuliani took to Fox News in a... So I mean, listen, to call it a softball interview is <laughs> not really doing it justice. But he sat down with the chief pumpkinhead correspondent, uh, Sean Hannity, mm. on Fox News, mm -hmm. and really proceeded... To spill the beans about everything. Let's start with, I'm going to go in order here, but let's start with how he's admitting that Donald Trump fired James Comey over the Russia investigation. And American people can follow this along with me. Are they objective? Are they? Well, right now, a lot of things point in the, in the direction of they made up their mind that Comey's telling the truth. And not the president. When you look at those questions about what does the president think? What does the president feel? What does the president really desire? Those are all questions intended to trap him in some way in contradicting what is, in fact, a very, very uh, solid explanation of what happened. He fired Comey. Okay, before he gets to why he fired Comey. If it's such a solid explanation, then how in the fuck is he going to get tripped up so easy? It's incongruent what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Look, the truth is the truth. It's easy to say what it is. No big deal. This is so simple. If it's so simple, then how is he going to be tripped up? Oh, you caught me in a perjury lie. Yeah, so simple that you see how carefully he's like walking through this. He's talking slow. He's on very careful footing here, right. trying to be cautious. But you also heard this when they talked about how he, he uh, Donald Trump said he'll get his facts straight. Right, right. <laughs> After all of this controversy. Yeah. Like, yeah. wait a minute. He'll get his facts straight. What? You mean he'll learn the facts? Or he'll, he'll get the story he'll, straight? He'll learn our, our version of the story. Right. Yeah. So here he is admitting the Russia investigation was what predicated... Donald Trump firing James Comey. Because Comey would not, among other things, say that he wasn't a target of the investigation. He's entitled to that. Hillary Clinton got that. And she, he couldn't get that. So he fired him. And he said, I'm free of this guy. And he went on Lester Holt. Lester Holt's interview was as good as anybody could do. Better than I think any of the people around uh, uh, Mueller could have done. And Lester Holt asked him, why'd you do it? He said, I did it because I felt that I had to explain to the American people their president was not 
the target of the investigation. Except that's not what Donald Trump said. He's rewriting the answer here on the fly. Because the American people had a right to know that their president wasn't under investigation. That's not what Donald Trump said. Donald Trump said, you know, this thing with Russia, this Russia thing, it's phony. Mm -hmm. And then the next day after firing Comey, the very next day, Donald Trump was in the Oval Office with the Russians, Sergei Lavrov and Kislyak, and told them, yeah, I got rid of that guy. He was a nut job. He's not going to be a problem for me anymore. What the fuck does that mean? He's not going to be a problem anymore. Uh-huh. Sounds like he was trying to obstruct the process of justice and the investigation surrounding Russia collusion. I'm no legal expert, but I speak English pretty well. That's what it sounds like to me. So that was strike one for Rudy Giuliani by Jesse Dollimore's count. Strike two. Wow. Strike two where he admits that Donald Trump repaid, which is completely contrary to the story up to this point, that he repaid the the payment that Michael Cohen apparently took a home equity loan out on yeah. to pay his client's fee, yeah. which is unethical mm-hmm. by standards of the, the bar in every state, I think, certainly yeah. in New York. This was, I think, the most remarkable moment. Even Sean Hannity was like, what? Yeah. Oh, I didn't I didn't know this. <laughs> oh, I didn't know he did. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. It was a remarkable moment where you're watching and Rudy Giuliani goes, I'm getting ready to tell you something that we don't know yet. And Sean Hannity is shocked, too. Yeah. Rudy Giuliani looked shocked that he said it. <laughs> Right. Are you concerned? This was supposed to be about Trump campaign Russia collusion. Gone. It's gone. Okay. Never happened. He's been cleared. Of so that. my question He's is: He's been cleared of are it. Are you concerned? In the process of this, we did discover that a foreign national, Christopher Steele, was paid through Fusion GPS, used Russian sources that not only weren't verified, turned were debunked. Are you concerned that that was? paid for to manipulate the American people in the lead up to an election? Isn't that closer to the mandate than Michael Cohen? Why isn't that having something? Where's Mueller on that, sir? Having 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 something to do with paying some Stormy Daniels woman one hundred thirty thousand. I mean, which is going to turn out to be perfectly legal. That money was not campaign money. Sorry, I'm giving you a fact now that you don't know. It's not campaign money. No Campaign finance violation. So, so they, they funneled it through the law firm. Funneled through the law firm and the president repaid it. Oh, I didn't know he did. Yeah. <laughs> There's no campaign finance law. <laughs> Isn't that just I mean, listen, if, if I could if I could obtain sustenance, <laughs> nutritional sub- sustenance from words, oh. that would be that would that's junk food for my soul right there. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know he did. Yeah. Oh, 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 in his mind, he's like, what did you just do? Because um, he wants to protect the president at all costs. Right. Sean Hannity. You know what? I would love I would love for Sean Hannity to be talking about what Hillary Clinton funneled her money through yeah. to pay somebody funneled through. Are you kidding me? 
they're just talking about it as though it's like a normal thing. No Funnel, big deal. Yeah, right. Funneling. You funnel something rather than, well, you just pay it. No, no, no. Yeah, they're they're obfuscating payments and yeah. and, and and through bank loans and all this. That's trying shady to, language. It's exactly right. When you talk about paying the mortgage on your house or paying the rent on to your landlord, you don't. Well, I'm I'm going to funnel that money through my Chase account. No, you, you you pay the bill. Yeah, you don't funnel it. Yeah, people who have nothing to hide aren't funneling anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very strange. That's a good point. The other thing, strike three here is more a collaboration between the two because Sean Hannity is asking leading questions. Clearly a journalist who really wants to get to the truth here. By the way, speaking of that, Sean Hannity didn't ask a follow-up after that, after that revelation. Right. After this response. Oh, I oh. didn't know he did. Oh, yeah. oh. There wasn't a follow-up. Like, what? Well, this is new information. How did that happen? What's the deal? Right. Urgh! They just changed directions. Zero. So the president. Just like every Sean. So this decision Sean, was made by everybody. Everybody was nervous about this from the very beginning. I wasn't. I knew how much money Donald Trump put into that campaign. I said one hundred thirty thousand. It's going to do a couple of checks for one hundred thirty thousand. When I heard uh, Cohen's uh, retainer of thirty five thousand, when he was doing no work for the president, mm. I said, "But that's how he's repaying. That's how he, how he's repaying it with a little profit and a little." margin for paying taxes for Michael. But, Look, president, but do you know the president didn't know about this? Uh, I believe that's I, what He didn't Michael know about said. the specifics of it, as far as I know. But he did know about the general arrangement that Michael would take care of things like this, like I take care of things like this for my clients. Did you hear that question at the end? But did you know that the president didn't know about this? Kind of initiating in Rudy Giuliani that, hey, man, you're not supposed to be talking about this. Right. Well, so, before you go on, yeah. I, I want to talk about um, the headlines that came out of this. Because like you said, he didn't ask a follow-up question to that mm -hmm. previous clip. And it was a really big moment. I mean, this ended up being... The internet went nuts. Yeah, it ended yeah. up being all over uh, the other channels for, I don't know, the next day entirely. Yeah. Um. So CNN, they had a headline, Trump reimbursed Cohen's $130,000 to porn star, Giuliani says. MSNBC, Giuliani, Trump repaid Cohen's $130,000 stormy payment. President can't be subpoenaed. Okay. ABC News, Trump reimbursed Cohen for payment. Okay. We get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Fox News, Giuliani demands justice. Trump attorney tells Fox News, Comey must be prosecuted. Mueller probe must end. It's not even that they buried the lead. They didn't even include it. No, and then they have three little subtitles. Rudy Giuliani on potential Trump interview for Mueller. Giuliani on possibility of Trump campaign finance vi violation. Trump threatens to use presidential powers to interview intervene in, quote, rigged system. So there's not even a yeah. mention of it at all. Unbelievable. This is an abdication of their duty as journalists. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if it's your guy, it's news that your audience is owed. It's it's bizarre to me. And then they have the audacity to act like they're not state news, that they're not the Trump TV network. Right. That's the news arm. Mm -hmm. That's not the opinion arm. Right. That wasn't Sean Hannity's front web page. Mm -hmm. That was Fox News. Right. That's a problem. So what he just talked about was how he paid him back, which is, by the way, also very well could be fraud. 
because you're hiding the source of, of what you're paying back through weird payments, $30,000, $35,000 retainer payments, quote unquote, to a lawyer who's not doing work for you. Give it a little bit extra for, for a profit and give it a little bit extra to pay taxes. That's, this isn't going to end well. But did you hear the end, the, the true journalist who breaks awesome stories, his leading question there to shut Rudy Giuliani up? The president, but do you know the president didn't know about this? Uh, I believe that's I, what Michael He didn't Michael know about said. this. Right. I believe that's what Michael said. Shut up, shut up, shut up. It's truly, <laughs> it's actually scary because Sean Hannity just doesn't care about the power that he has and yeah. his ability to influence millions of people. And if he took his responsibility seriously, he would feel that he owes it to people yeah. to be responsible with the information that he is distributing on his show. But he's in it because he was the secret third client. I mean, he's he's in the mix here. He's not... He's not. He's becoming the story, which is rule number one. Yeah, uh, that you don't do as a journalist. Well, and it's it's scary because so many people trust him, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whether it be because they just want to believe what he's saying is true, or they feel he's a genuine character, whatever it might be, they trust what he says. Yeah, and so it's just disturbing that he's acting like this because you even have characters like Neil Cavuto of Fox Business. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> Finally saying something against Donald Trump. And so you're just wondering then, how long can they pull this off? Then experiencing the hate. Right. Oh, yeah. Like Shep Smith does. You say anything bad. They want you fired. And these ding dongs, these mouth breathing morons come out of the woodwork and attack you. Yeah. So here's here's Sean Hannity. The last clip of this giving him a second chance. And Ru what's Rudy Giuliani do with it? He compares the FBI to Nazis. Literally compares the FBI who who did the raid, the legal raid with a warrant from a federal judge. He compares them to Nazi stormtroopers. All right, as we continue with President Trump's uh, attorney, former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani, oh, I, I, I want to clarify something because I was asking you about Perkins Coie, and you said the money was not. Keep in mind what's happening here. They just came back from break. After the news that just broke, after now all the other cable networks are going crazy with what Rudy Giuliani just said. Sean Hannity, they come back break. He's like, yeah, I just want to, we're going to clear some things up here. Oh, I just want to let you know, we were talking about blah, 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 trying to give Rudy Giuliani a, a second chance to unfuck what he just made, messed up. It went about as well as expected. I'll just replay it so you can get the full feeling of coming out of the break. All right, as we continue with President Trump's uh, attorney, former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani, oh, I, I, I want to clarify something because I, I, I was I, asking you about Perkins Coie, and you said the money was not campaign money. Uh, I'm giving you a fact now that you don't know. It's not campaign money, no campaign violation. And I said because they funneled through a law firm. We, I think we were, we were talking about two different things there, and I want to make well, sure. I was talking about the $130,000 payment. Right. The settlement payment, which is a very regular thing for lawyers to do. The question there was the only possible violation there would be, was it a campaign finance violation, which usually would result in a fine, by the way, not this big storm stormtroopers coming in and breaking down his apartment and breaking down his office. That was money that was paid by um, 
by his lawyer, the way I would do out of his law firm funds or whatever funds, doesn't matter. The president reimbursed that over a period of several but he months. He had said, to, I, re, I distinctly remember that he did it on his own. He did? Without asking. Look, I don't know. I haven't investigated that. No reason to dispute that. No reason to dispute his recollection. Right. I like Michael a lot. You like Michael a lot. a long time. I, I feel very bad he's been victimized like this. The president feels even worse. The fact is, just trust me. You're going to come up with me. no violations there. All right. You mean the... the, the yeah, payments are perfectly legal. Let me go back to the main crux of this. All documented. Let me go back to the main crux. And the crux is that we have a two-tier justice system. The president's right when he says witch hunt. Yeah, sure. You can't explain this any other way. Unbelievable. So now, Sean Hannity of Fox News wants to wants to buy into the fact that we do have a two-tier justice system. But not in the way that's accurate. He doesn't believe that, that young black men who are unarmed get gunned down at seven to nine times the, 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 the frequency as whites, or that low-level drug crimes are prosecuted in a much more aggressive manner they, for, for blacks than whites. That's not the two-tier justice system Sean Hannity's talking about. He's talking about the president of the United States doesn't get the same justice as everybody else. They <laughs> used the term victimized. Yes. To describe what is happening to Michael Cohen. Victimized. Rudy Giuliani also used the term all documented. It's all documented. All these payments, it's all documented. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's an obfuscated paper trail that no one can follow. We can't even follow your story because the next day after the fervor, Rudy Giuliani came out with a statement to, 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 to re-say what he said, to, to, to redraw the lines, to move the goalpost, to shift everything around. To get to, the facts straight. To, to get the facts straight, to make it even more confusing. This is intended to clarify the views I expressed over the past few days. These are my views. <laughs> First, there is no campaign violation. The payment was made to resolve a personal and false allegation in order to protect the president's family. It would have been done in any event, whether he was a candidate or not. Sorry, that sentence kind of threw me off. <laughs> Second, my references to timing were not describing my understanding of the president's knowledge, but instead my understanding of these matters. Third, it is undisputed that the president's dismissal of former director Comey, an inferior executive officer, was clearly within his Article II power. Recent revelations about former director Comey further confirm the wisdom of the president's decision, which was plainly in the best interests of our nation. That is disgusting. Listen, Rudy Giuliani used to hold a pretty special place in most Americans' heart after 9-11. And he's clearly jumped the shark, gone off the rails, and is in the tank for Donald Trump. Because this is disgusting, trying to cover up for any clear-minded clear person can see is a problematic individual in the Oval Office. So something that's interesting to me about that is why this guy, Donald Trump, why sell your soul for this guy? 
Donald Trump. Well, notice he's... Even before he was president, Donald Trump is not a likable person. He's not a likable character. Yeah. He's um, like a douche. And so (laughs) I don't understand why people... You know what I mean? Yeah. Why is this the guy that you're willing to do that for? That you're w- willing to go there for? He's a New York guy. Mm-hmm. Rudy Giuliani, New York guy. Yeah. I, I think that's the... He's really putting a lot of people in place around him who have been lifelong uh, friends and allies of his. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like even, even the, the people before... There was commonality related to their connections to Russia. Hmm. Now it's commonality related to their their relationships in being in New York. Hmm. So, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think eventually we will find out. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, because you were saying that um, many Americans held a soft spot for Rudy Giuliani. Yes, after nine eleven. And so I'm assuming that you're saying that there was something respectable about respectable about him. Yeah, um, I mean, pr- even prior to you know, look, you can argue policies. I'm not talking about that because he he clearly, uh, you know, started the stop and frisk bullshit. There, there's a lot of bad policy stuff, but um, even prior to that, he was a guy who who prosecuted mob bosses mm-hmm. and was an aggressive prosecutor administering justice actual justice and he's just a fucking cartoon character now well something that's interesting about that is rudy giuliani is saying that trump doesn't have to comply with a Mueller subpoena and that he could invoke the fifth amendment right and trump once said about the fifth amendment amendment in 2016 quote the mob takes the fifth amendment if you're innocent why are you taking the fifth amendment yeah only guilty people plead the fifth he said yeah That'll come back to haunt him for change sure. Of, change of heart. Yeah, there. you know, what are you going to do? So like you mentioned earlier, this this wasn't just uproar. It seems like something changed, at least for those the first couple days. I don't know. I haven't really gotten my finger on it yet, but or, you know, uh, uh, updated. But even Fox News, Neil Cavuto, who's been pretty stalwart in his support of Donald Trump, or at least ignored all the bad shit and didn't have anything bad to say, he said this on Fox News. So let me be clear, Mr. President. How can you drain the swamp if you're the one who keeps muddying the waters? You didn't know about that $130,000 payment to a porn star until you did. I'm not saying you're a liar, you're president, you're busy. I'm just having a devil of a time figuring out which news is fake. Let's just say your own words on lots of stuff give me, shall I say, lots of pause. Your base probably might not care, but you should. I guess you've been too busy draining the swamp to ever stop and smell the stink you're creating. That's your doing. That's your stink. Pretty aggressive. Mm-hmm. Especially for Fox News. Yeah, and this was headline news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that a Fox News host said this about Donald Trump. A which, Fox News host who wasn't Shep Smith. Which should embarrass <laughs> that network. It should be embarrassing to that network that um, everyone was playing this saying, oh, my God, look at yeah. this. A Fox News host. No one knows his name. Neil Cavuto right, right. <laughs> said something negative about Donald Trump. What does that tell you? What does that what does that say about Fox News as a network about all of the people that work for them? The countless people that are on all day. 
It's terrible. It's embarrassing. That they're never saying something bad about Donald Trump. What is their positive to say about Donald Trump? Honestly, <laughs> what are they saying? <laughs> what do they have going on over there? No, it, 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 it's 24-7. Hillary Clinton should be investigated. 24-7, James Comey needs to go to jail. Mm-hmm. The, the narrative over at Fox News is that Republican Rod Rosenstein, Republican James Comey, Republican Robert Mueller, Republican Christopher Wray, all have it out for Donald Trump. Two of those people were appointed by Donald Trump, the FBI director, Christopher Wray, and the deputy attorney general, Rod Rosenstein. So it's, it's, a fan, it's a fucking fairy tale that their mouth-breathing, poorly educated audience is buying hook, line, and sinker. Well, I sent you this tweet today from Matthew Dowd. I don't know if you read it um, or what your thoughts were on it, but I guess we'll get your thoughts in real time. Yeah. Um, the He said, Benghazi was a four-year investigation. There were zero indictments. The Clinton emails was a two-year investigation. There were zero indictments. The Mueller investigation has been 14 months. There have been 23 indictments. Yes. I, I mean, goddamn. And That's stark. That, that tells you this investigation isn't a witch hunt. It is fruitful, in fact. And people want to keep talking about Hillary Clinton when, excuse me. <laughs> keep your eye on the ball, bro. These were lengthy investigations <laughs> that produced nothing. Yeah. So wh- what? When are you going to be done with that? When are we going to move on and focus on this? So in the hours... After this Rudy Giuliani thing, Donald Trump came out when he was leaving for a trip and was peppered with questions by the media. And some of this stuff is going to be unavoidable. He's not going to be able to just walk away and not talk to the press. And this was his reaction about Rudy Giuliani's answers. Rudy is a great guy, but he just started a day ago. But he really has his heart into it. He's working hard. He's learning the subject matter. Uh, and uh, he's going to be issuing a statement, too. But he is a great guy. He knows it's a witch hunt. That's what he knows. He's seen a lot of them. And he said he's never seen anything so horrible. So Rudy knows it's a witch hunt. He started yesterday. Uh, he'll get his facts straight. He's a great guy. But what he does is he feels it's a very bad thing for our country, and he happens to do it. You always know Donald Trump is, I mean, seriously... But he's saying that he's saying Rudy Giuliani says he's never seen something so horrible. Yeah. Well, I, what I'm getting at here is that it's just it's so simple minded, so simplistic. It's oh, no, he'll get his facts straight. But what he does know is this is a witch hunt. And he repeats that over and over and over again, because repetition like it works with a toddler. It works with his his base. Right. Well, I just think it's weird that he's saying he's never seen something so horrible. Really, in Rudy Giuliani's lifelong career, he's never seen something so horrible because what ha- what's happening to you is right. so unfair. And uh, I mean, Ru- Rudy Giuliani was mayor of New York City on nine eleven. Like, please, Rudy Giuliani, like I just said, put mob bosses in prison. He's he's seen some pretty horrible shit. Yeah. But but it's record breaking. Right. The world's never seen anything like this before. The injustice. Because it deals with Donald Trump. Now, this is this was what you just heard was out in front of the White House. When they got to the airport, the same reporter who had asked him about the payments on Air Force One 
got to him. When he said he didn't know. And he got pissy with her. Mm-hmm. He got testy. We're not changing any stories. All I'm telling you is that this country is right now running so smooth. And to be bringing up that kind of crap and to be bringing up witch hunts all the time, that's all you want to talk about. You you're going to see. Excuse me. Excuse me. No, but you have to. Excuse me. You take a look at what I said. You go back and take a look. You'll see what I said. Excuse me. Excuse me. You go take a look at what we said. Hmm. Oddly enough, Brittany. I'm going to do what Donald Trump just said. Oh. Let's take a look at what he said aboard Air Force One when asked if he knew anything about the payment. Let's see what he said. Do you know about the $130,000 payment? Do you know anything? We're going to go back and play it again. She says, do you know anything about the the, the, the $130,000 Stormy Daniels payment? He says, No. What's next? No. Flatly, no. There's no equivocation. There's no uh, meandering for an answer. It's point blank, easy, and immediate. No. Absolutely not no. Do you know about I don't know. Mm-hmm. He knew nothing about it. So when asked at the airport, though, you go listen to my words. You go listen to my words. Right. They're completely opposite of what you're saying now. Right. Well, when all this happened, um, when Rudy Giuliani started the shit show, um, Sarah Sanders had to go out to her podium yeah. and try to deal with the press corps. And that was not successful. John. Take a broader uh, view on this is no you can't talk about the details um, but can I, can I ask you when the president so often says things that turn out not to be true when the president and the White House show what appears to be a blatant disregard for the truth how are the American people to trust or believe what is said here or what is said by the president uh, we give the very best information that we have at the time. Uh, I do that every single day, and we'll continue to do that uh, every day I'm in this position. But the president, I mean, he, 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 when the story first happened, it said, came out that uh, Ty Cobb would be leaving and Emmett Flood would be coming in. The president said fake news, said it was not true. Uh, he just, when he talked about the prisoners in North Korea, he said the previous administration had been... Uh, you know, failed to get them out. These two of them were were taken prisoner while Donald Trump was president. Uh, And obviously the totally conflicting statements on the Stormy Daniels payment. These are statements that are just not true. Uh, When it comes to North Korea, there, uh, I think you could also look at Otto Wambrier, who was uh, detained during a previous administration, as was one of the current detainees. Um, And so that would reflect the president's comments that he made. Uh, When it comes to the other, uh, the last instance that you mentioned, uh, as Mayor Giuliani stated, this wasn't something that was initially known, but later learned. Um, And again, we give the best information possible at the time, and we're going to continue Liar. to do that every single day. He started paying Sarah, back, just, uh, Michael Cohen back in February of last year. I mean, these, the reimbursement was happening long before the president was asked about this. Is that a question or? A but, but I'm saying, I mean, how could he not have known he was paying him back? 
Again, I'm not going to get into those details, and I would refer you back to the statements, uh, pretty lengthy statements made by uh, Giuliani both last night and this morning, as well as the president's tweets where they've both spoken about that. Jim? Just to follow up on that, uh, the president did talk about monthly retainers in his tweet, and then Rudy Giuliani said that the president only knew about this uh, 10 days to two weeks ago. How can you only be aware of something 10 days to two weeks ago, but at the same time being in the process of paying monthly retainers that apparently covered uh, this reimbursement to, uh, to Michael Cohen? Again, I can't get into the details of the ongoing litigation. I'd refer you back so frustrated. Uh, to the president's yeah, outside counsel. follow up on You said on March 7th uh, there was no knowledge of any payments from the president, and he's denied all of these allegations. Were you lying to us at the time, or were you in the dark? Uh, the president has denied and continues to deny the underlying claim. And, again, I've given the best information I had at the time. And I would refer you back to the comments that you yourself just mentioned uh, a few minutes ago about the timeline from that, Mayor Giuliani. That statement, but, sir, that statement, Sorry, Jim, that statement was in, in reference to the reimbursement, the payment. Again, I gave you the best information that I had. Um, and the allegations the president has denied and continues to deny. Why can't you just answer yes or no whether you were in the dark? I think it's a fairly simple question whether you just I think it's a fairly simple answer that I, I've given time. you actually several times now. They gave you the best information that I had, and I'm going to continue to do my best to do that every single day. Jeff. I cannot even describe how angry this makes me because she comes out and she acts like she is doing them a favor being there when it's her job to come out there and be held responsible by the press and to answer questions and to give information to the people. And she's not doing that. And she's not giving the best available information that she had at the time. She can't even answer that question. Well, did you just not know or did you lie? And she's like, I'm answering that. No, you're not, because there's two there's two options. Yeah. And you're not saying either one of the options. You're saying the president has denied blah, blah, blah. You're not That's answering. That's not the question. Yeah. So the outrage surrounding Michelle Wolf. Seriously. And what she said. Oh, my God. Fuck you if you were outraged at all by that. Because listen to her lies. Right. Her burning lies and using it to form a perfect smoky eye makeup. Right. That was the joke. That was the truth. That was being exposed and talked about. Right. Not her looks. Right. Ugh. Yeah. And there are reporters uh, that were tweeting saying things about how she was lying. So not directly saying that she's right. a liar, not directly like Michelle Wolf, but like in a roundabout way saying that she was making false statements or what's going on here. And that's all Michelle Wolf did was be more direct about it. Than yeah, the be funny about it. Yeah. So... She's just saying what's true, which is Sarah Huckabee Sanders is a liar. Ugh. Well, listen, as always, we'd love to know what you guys think about this. Help us move the conversation forward. You can call, leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. We would love for you to connect with us on Twitter. It's at Brittany E. Page and at Dollamore. And here we are. We're going to wrap the show going from one asshole to another. It's the asshole of today. 
DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled. Yeah, so you may have heard about this. Um, I was like, huh, why is everyone talking about DJ Khaled? (laughs) (laughs) And then I Googled and I found out. Speaking of hot ones, earlier in the show. He he was on there? He did hot ones and pussed out. Oh. Couldn't eat the wings. He's one of a few people who... We'll just leave it there. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so he... Char- Charlize Theron. Yeah. Bang through those wings. Mm-hmm. DJ Khaled. So DJ Khaled has some thoughts on um, the the differences between men and women and who should be responsible for giving oral pleasure to their spouse and who is not. I believe a woman should um praise the man, you know, the king, you know, if you if you hold it down for for your woman, I feel like the woman should praise and and the man should praise, praise the queen. The man. But you know, my way of praising is called <laughs> how was dinner? Um you like the house you living in? You like all them clothes you getting? I'm taking care of your family, I'm taking care of my family, you know, putting in the work. So you're saying like, you don't go down? Nah, never. All of that to say you don't go down? Come Khaled. on. You don't eat the box? Come nah, on, Khaled. I can't do that. Oh, oh, you don't eat no food? Nah, nah, I thought that's what nah. Hold You Down was about. Nah, well, I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> never I, in life or did nah, you try it and didn't nah, like the taste? I, I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't. Not even like for her birthday? Nah, listen. Christmas? She get, she get, she get, jeez. Jeez, Khaled. I put in that work. My, my work is great. You know what I'm saying? Like, I do my well, thing. So now if she told you she don't do that, is that okay? I'm not. Nah, it's not okay. Because, <laughs> because you know what I'm saying? I'm confused. So <laughs> You got to understand, I'm the dawn. I'm the king. You know what I'm saying? She's Everybody's the, queen. the king of the house. Huh? She's the queen. Of course. So? I don't do that. Yeah. It's not fair. It's different rules for men. You know what I'm saying? You know, you got to understand, like, you know, we, we, um, we, we you know, we the king. You know what I'm saying? So, we you know, there's some things that y'all might not want to do or want to do. It got to get done. You know what I'm saying? I just can't do what you want me to do. <laughs> I just can't. Okay. Um, There's there's a lot of problems That's here. prick shit, bro. <laughs> That's prick shit. Yeah. Um, one, I think that it's really unfortunate that he decided to talk about this because this seems like a private matter between um, yeah. just them. That should be for them. And I'm sure she's not happy that now everyone is um, privy to the details of their sex life. And He's also kind of painting her as a prostitute. House. How was your dinner? The money that I give you. Mm-hmm. In return, you need to do this for me. And I'm not going to do that for you because... It's not a mutual sexual relationship. You, you need to do this for me because I pay for things for you. That's that is what he's saying, and it's very very shitty. It sounds like um, I don't know, not a great situation where if she comes to him and is like, "Hey, I want to have a conversation about this. I don't know if this is really you know something that I want. I think maybe I want to change this part of the relationship." And his response is, "Do you like living here?" Yeah, no, that's it. Do you like the dinner that I took you to last night? I mean, that's kind of... Do you want me to continue to support your that's family? That's like emotionally manipulative. Yeah. And that's kind of disturbing. So this whole conversation was 
strange. Um, and I didn't like how they were laughing at the responses. I think they should have just been like silent uh, and really let him sit yeah. with that awkwardness of yeah. what he was saying and not give him the out of having there be like laughing in the background because this was really disturbing. And I'm, I'm happy about the response on social media from even celebrities like the rock has weighed in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Evan Rachel Wood has weighed in, um, in, and a, in a not PG way either. No, talking about... The Rock was more PG, that he wants to be the best at everything he does. Yeah. Wink, wink. Right. I love Conalingus and I'm great at it. Right. <laughs> yeah. And... But, even, but uh, Evan Rachel Wood was... Yes. A little bit more R-rated. She told him to grow up. Yeah. And that she loves to please the ladies. <laughs> and it makes her happy. Yeah. And that he should try it and grow up. Yeah, what a, just, a, <laughs> just an asshole. He's a bad guy. But That's again, terrible. so you're you're hearing this this very successful man talking about how um, he's not going to treat a woman how he expects to be treated, and some people probably heard this and said, "Yeah, he is the king of his castle." Yeah, and he can he can do what he wants, right? And hopefully, not as many people that were outraged. Um, not as many people were supportive as there were people that were outraged is what my my hope is. Yeah, that's what I've seen. Yeah. It's a joke. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, did you say that's what you've seen or what did you say? I was a little nervous at first. Yeah, that that seems to be kind of the consensus is that his... his uh, I mean, to call it just misogyny is... It's sexism. It's... It's just, it's entitlement. It's, it is, it is, it's caveman bullshit. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have any place at all. Right. Ugh. Yeah. I'm sure the incels were happy about it though. Right. Well, they're probably bummed that he has uh, the authority to. That he has a Stacy. To call it like that. Yeah. He has a Stacy. He's DJ, a Chad. DJ Chad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Well, we're going to end it there again. We dropped the phone number for you guys. We'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email that voice memo to that email address from your smartphone. I doubt it at dollamore.com. We'd love to have you as part of the Patreon family. We'll send you some stickers. You can take part in the monthly Google Hangout calls that we do that are always a really good time. There's these uh, weekly live streams on YouTube of the show. And then once a month, we do them for the audience at large. But you could be a part of that. We'd love to have you there. Go to dollamore.com slash Patreon. And we will see you next time. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore. And this has been I Doubt It. Don't forget to show love.